Okay, inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes. Today, I'm not going to waste your time with any long-winded bullshit introduction. <laughs> we have royalty on the couch. Whoa. It's not Gene Simmons. It's not Paul Stanley. It's not John Matuzak. It's not Vince, uh, the guy they did the movie, the Eagle guy. Vince uh, Mala Mala. Mm -hmm. It's not Jerome Brown. It's not Ron Jaworski. It's not Deuce Staley. It's not Blue Iris. We have comedy store royalty in the house. You've seen her on Dice Clay's Showtime show. You've seen her killing it at the comedy store. You ordered drinks from her at the comedy store. Okay. 15 or so years ago you've seen her in vegas currently she'll be in vegas next week i believe with mike faberman a very controversial guest on inappropriate earl put your fat disgusting greasy hands together for the first lady of the comedy store whoa second the, lady well Mit mitzi of course <laughs> Sean Pulaski, Vicky Barbalak. Whoa, I don't get some numbers. I think, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to, you know. I think two flies just work. flew out. Did you never, were they fly? Were they alive? The I'm great sorry. Eleanor Kerrigan. Hey. I forget that for the hey, iTunes yay, people. Yay. Do you think the flies were dead? I just got to ask because. No, I think I they know. were uh, from the tripping on Thursdays. They just crowd. fall out like. <laughs> just, I feel like if I went like that, they would just like. Guess who else was it? We were talking about the Rams game yesterday. Uh, a lot of people went to the Rams game. It was a very exciting game. Uh, but Ronnie was there, my ex. How exciting. Could have fooled around in the bathroom. I didn't know he was there. Now, do you guys still get along? Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I get along great. with all my exes. Yeah, because what? who does it really hurt? If you if you hold a grudge or unless they really did something horrible, I mean I I, I do have one particular case where there you know there's still uh, some very very hard feelings, but uh, you know yeah if somebody smashes the shit out of your heart or like you know fucks your sister or your are we allowed to curse on this? Oh yeah, this is the real deal. This, oh, this is, is not. Uh, I forgot. This is this is not. I don't know why uh, I'm doing that. It's just because my legs hurt. No, I love it. I love it. For those of you who uh, aren't on my Instagram live uh, feed, Eleanor is doing some severe calisthenics. Yes. I didn't know you were that flexible. She just did the stairs in Santa Monica. I'm a wrestler, Earl. I got to We're going to get into that. Loose. You know, I keep loose. remember the night your fucking friend almost t retore oh my, my ACL. God. Can you explain to the crowd, uh, you were in the crowd, you had performed. I had just performed, but Earl, before that, we were doing a, um, they all came to see me in Long Beach at the Laugh Factory. So we've been out drinking. And I think they even had rehearsal for uh, a wrestling event that was coming up. So they were wired. They were like, boo, boo. You know, they were all hyped up. And then they're drinking. And we went from Long Beach to, oh, no, I know what it was. They saw me open for Dice. So they were wasted. Where did you open for Dice? In Long night? Beach. It wasn't the Laugh Factory. I'm sorry. It was another place, and I can't think of the name of it. But 
that we drove back together. Some of them came in my car. Some of them took an Uber. So then I went on late night at the store. You went on after me <laughs> talking your shit, wrestling shit. You never do that to a woman with a mullet. Well, I didn't know she was like a real. Dude, you can't look at her and say, I mean, her nickname is the real deal. Selena Majors. <laughs> like, I mean, I thought she was like a roadie for like Uriah Heep. Oh. <laughs> All right. Actually, it, it's a tough call. I get it. But I mean, she's she got a look. Arms. She had good arms. Oh, she's got a great body. Yeah, ridiculous. She's like, got, you know, she's a little tan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she grew she, up on a farm in, I think, Alabama. I think uh, Alabama. Uh, she had a chicken ranch. She sold her chicken ranch. She looks like the type that would have a chicken ranch. <laughs> well, she put you in a figure four leg lock. And, Which uh, uh, is Ric Flair's, well, I mean, it's many people's finishing moves, but right. primarily known uh, for being Ric Flair's finisher. And it's a move where on the surface, uh, your legs are, I mean, you're the wrestler. How would you describe what the figure four is? I mean, it's a weird. Your legs are intertangled. Yeah, you're just like all locked up in somebody right. else's hold. And it's a woman, so it's even better because we have leg strength. So that's our strength right there. So she was holding you down and got you. And I remember you saying, hey, I have a bad ACL on one of your legs. I, I have a torn ACL torn on ACL. my right side, which is... And she went right to it. I think. An ACL is like a... It's, uh, that's it's like awesome. a rubber band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you stretch it enough, it will snap. Um, and mine's already been snapped. So, uh, how do you snap yours? Hockey or? Uh, yeah, knee to knee hit playing hockey. I, where my knee literally went in, like it, it went the other way it, and uh, it snapped. But the problem was the, the Raiders, uh, knee doctor who i went to oh, okay this is when they were in la well, you went to one of their train oh wow well he was in uh at, this is when they were in la and uh you know i thought well this guy sees this every day yeah i'll go to him and he misdiagnosed it he said oh uh yeah man you just you just pulled a ligament maybe a bone chip you'll be all right whoa a couple weeks and in a couple weeks it was they do an x-ray and everything yeah, no MRI at the time. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, MRI deeper. Uh, I think it was so uh, puffy that the X-ray wasn't didn't show the full damage. Mm -hmm. So for the next ten years, I had no ACL, but didn't know it. Wow. So then, about two, long story short, about two thousand five, I started getting these horrific pains on the side of my knee. And then two thousand seventeen, you got put in a figure four leg lock by you know uh, Selena Majors. Who you can look her up? She's but, kick ass. Oh, she's killer. She's like the fabulous moolah. <laughs> she worked out. <laughs> uh, Wendy Rick. She, you know, if you really want to. But she wrestled with all those guys, Flair, all those guys. She went all over the world. You could tell that she could hold her own with dudes. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, she started working my knee. I told her not to work. <laughs> And I'm like, hey, you got to fucking. And then I just remember you tapping. Well, at one point I was in so much pain, I was tapping my own knee <laughs> thinking, oh, she's not going to feel this because it's drunk. my knee. Uh, and then I think you came to the side of the stage and was like, hey, enough. And I was like, I had to pull her mullet back and say, hey, so she could hear me because that gets clouded. So I'm like, hey, Selena, you got to get off. Well, that's why I have respect for pro wrestlers, <laughs> even though it's, uh, I hate saying it's fake. 
It's not fake. I mean, it, uh, it's scripted. It's scripted for sure, but it definitely goes off the rails. But those, and that's why a lot of those guys kill themselves. Yeah, because the pain is. I mean, I didn't wrestle long enough to have nearly what Selena probably lives with, or real wrestlers. I hate to not call myself a real wrestler. You but, are. Oh, thank you, thank you, Earl. I appreciate it. But I'm saying, like, they. Um, they went everywhere. Selena, I'll never forget, we did the pay-per-view event, which was hysterical because we didn't really have um, viewers. <laughs> so we didn't know who was going to pay for it. So it kind of shit the bed. But the the production was so elaborate that it, we were in the forum in Inglewood and we had the big steel cage match. Like everything was going on. And Selena being coming from a school of all right this is how you get viewers so she gave herself a tiny cut blading yes as they say as they say in the biz and i kept thinking the fuck is she doing you know and i go selena that's and then she goes don't worry easy it's gonna be good the peggy's gonna keep hitting it and it'll open up out there. And she's drinking beer. And she goes, the beer helps it come out. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is a, we're filming this. This is, you know. And then all of a sudden, cut to, it's so big because um, Peggy hit it and opened it more. And then accidentally she hit it on the steel cage. And it opened up. She had to get 27 stitches. She was cut. It looked like a gory film like it looked like soon they're gonna cut her head off like right. it was that bad well i mean i don't think uh no one watched the pay-per-view we got canceled immediately just so you know well i mean pay-per-views <laughs> unless you're wwe it's right. a tough uh you know it's a tough sell yeah who the hell did they think they were doing that what now what got you into wrestling oh it was an audition it's truly exactly what goes on in glow where it was like she went thinking it's just an audition. And then I thought, I don't, I just, I grew up watching wrestling and I still didn't even get that. Oh, we're going to have to wrestle. Right. <laughs> like I just thought, eh, I'll just talk shit. I'll do what I do. And I went in with a baseball bat and I was like hitting things. And I was doing a heel because that's the ones I always loved growing right. up. So I was like, all right, I'll just do this. And then I went in, did it. My friend Corey was one of the, um, she wasn't a productionist. She wasn't a PA. She was, she was working for the producer, like his assistant kind of thing. So I guess that would be a production assistant, but she literally, she didn't work like on the set. She was just a, his personal assistant. And then, so she was um, there and it was in a hotel which, you know, it's a good audition if it's in a hotel. Is this in L.A.? Yeah. And uh, I went and I did it and it was great. The guy loved it. They laughed because I hit him, nearly hit him with a baseball bat. So I was just being silly. I didn't think I'd get it. They gave it to me. I called my mom. I'm like, mom, don't get mad because she's like, you're such a tomboy. When are you ever going to be a lady? You know, she used to tell me to wear makeup to work. So I'd get more tips at the comedy store. I'm like, whatever lady, I'm just fucking working. But she was always trying to get me to be girly. So I called her. I go, mom, I'm going to do this wrestling show. Don't get mad at me. She's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I go, you are. 
She's like, yeah, they have great women characters on that show. Like, what are you talking about? Wrestling show. So I was mad because it was 17 years ago on a cell phone, 18 years ago now. And I, I said, mom, I'm going to call you back when I get to the house. Called her from a landline. As soon as I called her, she, she was like, my sister Karen answered. She goes, yo, you're going to be on West Wing? I'm like, <laughs> what? She told everybody. Told the whole family. I was going to be on fucking West Wing. And what was the name of the wrestling? Wow, Women of Wrestling. So for years, we always said wrestling, so my mom knew what I was talking about. <laughs> now, this wasn't the one with that big white chick, Queen Kong. No. But you know what I'm talking about. She had yeah, big she tits. Glow. Okay. See, in Glow, they had more character-y driven girls. They never trained them. They were either real hot or real odd looking or right. creepy look like they it was such they're doing a great job in the Netflix show because that's exact the same guy that started Glow started Wow. His name's David McLean. So he started in the 80s, but then they sold the rights years ago because they were trying to start up a new one and just had a lot of shit hanging over. So it sucks because all this success with Glow on Netflix, they got nothing to do with it. Welcome so. to Hollywood, guys. <laughs> it's a cold fucking and business. David's such a nice guy, too. Like the guy that I think I met him. Yeah, at the store. He comes on. He's so nice. And so he um started WoW in 99, 2000. And then I think we were on air 2000, 2000. Yeah. We did two seasons. But it was great. They basically hired me to talk shit. I mean, I was still chain smoking. Selena, the one that put you in a figure four leg lock, was my trainer. She's the one, her and Peggy Lee Leather, also known as Thug, who was my partner, they hired me because I was making them laugh and I was shitting on everybody. But I had no, I had no business. I had, I'm an athlete growing up, but I stopped doing it. Like, right. you know, I was 20 eight when i started wrestling so which is old for that to get into wrestling yeah but some of these girls i wrestled with are still wrestling like erica porter she's phenomenal her name's jungle girl we're the same age this bitch is unbelievable well some uh i'm like you're gonna break a hip oh selena's older than us she's tough she's still doing it she could beat the shit out of me (laughs) i mean i think i'm a street fighter wrestling was hard Wrestling was weird because it was controlled. The, like, I remember when I first fought Selena, she was like, I'm going to call the match. I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, I'm just going to call it. So I was like, okay. And she's whispering in my ear, in the forum, that people are screaming, easy, easy. She, I don't know what's happening. They're screaming for Selena. She goes to hit me with a chair. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I went to the street. I went to grab it. And I broke my pinky because I wasn't paying attention. If I would have just let her hit me properly which why people say it's fake, I, w- I would have been okay. I would have been sore, but I wouldn't have had a broken pinky. Oh, I I mean, I, ne- I hate saying it's fake because it's, it's, uh, it's choreographed. Yeah. But it's still like, when you see like Ric Flair and Sting do an hour match, and, <gasps> I mean. I got a hairline fracture in my collarbone from that shit. I, I hit my head on pyro and split my head open. Thank God it didn't go off because I would have went on fire. But you know how on the side, like when you come out, they have all this. Yeah. So we were wrestling on the ramp and it was uh, caged heat. 
who I loved working with because they were fun and they they knew what they were doing, you know. So we got along great and we would mess with the crowd. So she threw me and I leaped back and I thought I was like, oh, this is good. And I was so high. And then I came down and a bam. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I just felt blood rushing. And I was like, damn it. Because, you know, even the smallest cut in your head. Oh, yeah. It's a lot. So the, I had to do more matches. And the makeup lady was like, I can't get this blood out of your hair. I'm like, well, you got to figure it out. So, so we just like matted it down and then fixed my hair over it. And then I had to go out and do another match. But I was sweating so much. I had like dried blood loosening up and going back down so it looked ridiculous it looked like i was sweating blood well that's like when uh owen hart died you know when he fell oh yeah him and Selena were really close i remember that and ingram was uh in the crowd oh shit this is at the kemper arena in kansas oh, that's right well he told that story on the podcast were you on it or somebody was on it i probably i think it was on. kyle dunnigan okay because uh, he told the story yep but just okay. to show you how cold wrestling, it might be even colder than stand-up. Yeah. Uh, Owen Hart's best friend, Jeff Jarrett, was in the next match, and they literally pushed him out there and said, we're not stopping the show, get the out show there. The show goes hot. And I guess he, he told the story that whoever he was wrestling threw him into the corner, and he looked down, and there's Owen Hart's blood. Yep. Like, they didn't even clean the blood. They're like, mm. we don't have time to clean it. Just they get out there. They don't have a lot of money. So the production, when it's set up, it's set up. There's no, okay, we'll start up. No. Well, I used to see these matches uh, at Birmingham High. is is done by a company called XPW. Yeah. And they had no money. And it was owned by a porn company. So they were wild. I mean, their ring announcer would come to the ring in a Nazi outfit, mm -hmm. doing the goose step. Yeah. <sighs> All the valets for the wrestlers were porn stars. Amazing. Um, and they had these wacky, they had a gay character by the name of Angel who, uh, you know, when he would, his finishing move was he'd hit you or whatever and you'd end up on all fours. <laughs> and instead and of the ref, in the oh. instead of the ref hitting the mat for the one, two, three, Angel would pump you in the ass three times. Oh, amazing. And the How crowd. I know him. I mean, this was a very, they had to shut That's down like, the company because at the end they had a big pay-per-view and, and on their website, they had a live cam of a puppy okay. and, and the owner was going to kill it <laughs> right before the pay-per-view started just to get numbers. I mean, they were of wild, course. but you know, uh. But they truly did shit to get numbers. And that's what Selena was thinking right. that day. However, she didn't realize we lost our money. The investors were there and they were like, hey, we thought this was like a kid's show, you know, for little girls to look up to. And then here's Selena like ah, just covered in blood. Now, my phone's about to die. So this is going to be the end of the Instagram live. Thank uh, God, because Earl, I didn't do my makeup. I just can't. You look hot. Right I don't look hot. I mean, to me, you do. Earl, but I look like half the people you mentioned. Paul Stanley. I know. I know what I look I like. I mean, maybe a, a little bit like Ace back okay. in the day. Okay. Ace without makeup. Mm -hmm. Twitter and Instagram for the Instagram freaks. Where can they find you, EJ? EJ Kerrigan. Uh, Eleanor Kerrigan. Anything. It comes up. Whatever you, you put Eleanor Kerrigan in, it comes up. But it's usually EJ Kerrigan. Become a fan of Eleanor's. We're going to talk for another hour about wrestling, the comedy yeah. store, and all that bullshit. <sighs> now, what brought you into the comedy store? Because you're from South Philly. Yes. And you came out here to make it. Moved to, moved to Los Angeles trying to make it. 
lived in a house. We talked about Richie, the manager of the comedy store. The legendary uh, Richie. <laughs> uh, we won't say his last name. Uh, uh, a, a character at the comedy store. Such of a great character. Epic. I mean, the kind of guy who cheats uh, during the uh, comedy store softball league games. Always funny. Remember that? Quick pitching talking shit to the other teams and i'm like dude i'm here to hang out with eleanor and tammy joe yeah we were having fun but richie was like you know doing push-ups in between i'm like dude i love him he's an athlete uh, he's great but i like i'm not playing in this softball league to relive my glory years you know it's <laughs> yeah it's fucking softball i don't even know why we had gloves well right? we were the only team that didn't have matching outfits i mean <laughs> we literally looked like the white shadow where like you had a yellow shirt on i had a kiss shirt on tiana had a georgia bulldogs jersey oh, yeah that's right <laughs> tammy joe uh just Tammy Joe. Legendary, maybe one of the greatest athletic performances ever when she walked 21 straight batters. <laughs> and Richie was yelling at her. Oh, I thought he was going to beat her to death. Well, no one else wanted to pitch. Right. So. Well, because then they hit line drives. None of us have insurance. Why are we playing? You know what I mean? Like some of the other teams, they, they came in like cleats and and matching oh, uniforms like and we're like some all of them and we, look at that team we had josh martin in right field oh yeah it was brutal but you didn't play earlier like way years earlier we had don barris don barris faking a limp and and so he didn't have to run around the bag but he would like walk go to first base and then like he would they would walk him He'd get on first base. He'd go real slow. And then as soon as he got to the bag, he'd trip and roll like three feet. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he'd be like, oh, I need a runner. And I'm like, nobody was around you. But it was everything was a goof. <laughs> Middle of a play, he'd lay right in the lane while runners are passing him. Like, what are you doing? I mean, Don, but Don, like I could see him being a great athlete because he's built like Babe Ruth. Like, <laughs> No, I mean he totally is without the alcohol. You know, I could see Don like being like this dude who, you know, just on the visual, you go, oh, this guy's probably not that great of an athlete. But if you see him stretch and stuff on stage, oh, yeah. like, uh, so I could see he he was good. I mean, he was a goof though. He didn't care. Yeah, that was Richie's problem. He cared too much. Yeah, he, when we get the people that care, that's when it gets boring. And so you were your Richie's roommate. So what happened was I moved to L.A. from Philadelphia. I had done a, a showcase in New York, just trying to work out monologues and get in with figuring out, out what this acting thing is. Because when you start saying you're going to be an actress in Philadelphia, they're like, oh, you think you're better than us? You know, they don't they don't give a shit. Right. You know, they're not. So, uh they're like, yeah, you, you know, you, you go ahead, try that. You got to give up everything for that. You know, now you, now you, now you think you're cool. You're moving to Hollywood, whatever. So it was like a pain in the ass. And I was thinking of going to New York because at the time I was doing New York student films. So a good friend of mine, Johnny Zingani. I thought you were going to say Johnny Zapp. <laughs> no, not a couple of years later, I met Johnny Zapp. But uh, my friend Johnny was, 
at uh, NYU and he would bring me in to do the student films. So I was like, all right, this is good. And we were like, I was learning. But then New York was so expensive and LA was way cheaper. And then I met these guys at a showcase. They had a big house right up on Queens Road behind the comedy store that they could, uh, they had a big house up at the comedy store, uh, right behind the comedy store that a bunch of people were paying to live in. So I thought, all right, you know, I'll have automatic friends, you know, or something. And Richie was one of those people that lived in the house. He was trying to be an actor as well. How he wasn't cast in either Goodfellas or it's anything. He's such a, he was, he was good too. He was fun. I did a lot of work with Rick. We did a lot of scenes because in the house, you didn't just get to live in the house. Like you had to do, it was like a workshop. You had to do um, scene study. We had a on camera stuff. Like every day you, you didn't just wake up and go like, they kind of tried to help you get adjusted and you paid for three months. So if you got a job, you stayed, you know, like I met my roommate that I lived with for 12 years there. Sounds like a real ragtag group up there. But there's some some of them were assholes and uh Who? Name them. Let's name names. I don't I got to be honest, I don't remember their names, but like Richie, Jimmy, uh Chris, my old roommate. Um shit, Kathy Lewis did this program before us. She's the blind broad, right? <laughs> no, isn't she blind or something? I don't know. She just has so many diseases, poor thing. She's got heart disease. I think she now has breast cancer. I mean, I'm not, yeah, that's, I mean. It's brutal what she's going through. I, I mean, but she's like Keith Richards to me. She'll never die. Yeah. Like she's, she's just. She's on life support. But like she'll live, she'll outlive us all. So you call her like a cockroach. I mean, Vargas's bringer shows, I mean, comedy shows, uh, they keep her lifeblood flowing. <laughs> Both of them are paid regulars. Well, that's pretty impressive. Well, I mean, cause, it was for when they were coming in, because it was the way early '90s, which was kind of the, uh, you know, you had the comedy boom of the '80s with Kennison and Dice. It was dwindling. And then the '90s were, uh, it was, it was kind of mirrored the '80s metal scene, where you know the, the '80s were huge, and then the '90s came, and you know, I think there are so many comedy clubs popping up. They kind of oversaturate it. It's kind of like what's happening now. Yeah. With, Bubble, it'll pop. Well, it's like podcasts. Yeah. I think the good ones will last. Absolutely. And you do the Comedy Store podcast with uh, the great Rick, Rick Ingram. Rick Ingram. I love it. Which is once a week. We do it once a week, yeah. Do you do yours once a week or twice a week? You know, I've had weeks where I've done four in a row, like Monday through Thursday. Uh, I do it whenever someone can come. Oh, Okay. I mean, I do think it's better to do one a week and, and just so your fans know, Monday night at 8 p.m., the Comedy Store podcast is, we got to, it's going to be Yeah, out. but it's just, it's also like, you know, Rick's a stay-at-home dad, so it's. I mean, my you know. schedule's fairly wide open in the day, like, you know. Mine is too. Like, so, the two of us just don't get involved. You know, if you said, you know, like, this has taken a while to make happen. Yeah. Because you're busy. You know, you're touring with Dice. Trying, yeah. And doing your own thing as well. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the good thing. It's like, he's the day job. I hate to say it like that because the shows are so good and so much fun. Oh, it's... But it's, he's the day job in that, um, you know, that's like my, my, 
I know that's happening right, right now. And who knows? He might fire me. You know, he, he always threatens to fire me. That's my favorite thing. And so... Uh, he would never. On the off weeks, I headline. So, you know, uh, it's great. And he's helping me get more headlining gigs, which I love. He's a big teddy bear. He is a big teddy bear. He's just a big... He's He's a good guy. He's very good to me, and he believes in me. I mean, see, I knew him before he became famous as a stand-up as the dude from Crime Story. <sighs> I love Max that. Goldman. I love that you know Crime Story. And he, I remember searching high and low. This was years ago when we were going out. High and low looking for those tapes because he doesn't have them. And then finally, I could never find them. But now with all what Netflix. they have out there, Amazon, all this stuff, um, his ex-wife, because... We became really good friends. You dated after he was... Did you date before his ex-wife or after? Uh, I dated in between his second wife and his third wife. Okay. What is he, an NBA player? That's who he is. He gets married all the time. It's a sin. He's a hopeless romantic that just... He's like a dog that doesn't learn. I'm like, dude, this is going to be bad. But he was married way in the beginning of his career to a real piece of shit. And then he got rid of her because she lied to him and said she was pregnant. Okay. So this right as he started making money. Right as he right in the beginning, probably doing crime story. No, maybe not even doing crime story. Because he met his second wife, who he was with for 17 years and he has children with, that he's also still very close with. He met her in Chicago while filming Crime Story. Okay. And then um they broke up. After they broke up, we went out. Then after we broke up, I was trying to hook him up with whoever would come by. That's amazing. <laughs> I just can't. That's who I am, though. If I break it off, and I, I'm not. I don't. It's not like a lot of animosity or nothing crazy happened. We just kind of grew apart. Like I tease on radio interviews. I say I regained consciousness. That's why we broke up. Right. He hates that. Oh, don't say but that. He doesn't really get it. Me too, era. <laughs> Fuck that. Um. Joke's a joke. Oh, I know, but no. but but yeah. So so he, then he started going out with his, his recently divorced wife, like maybe a year and a half. Valerie, who I love, and then I was dating her uncle Ronnie, the great, the legend of Ronnie, the legend of Ronnie. Everyone, I told he goes, hey, I want to come to the store. I go, hey man, you can go to the store anytime. You're more missed than I am when I leave. Like people ask me all the time. Well, Ronnie him. was great. Just yeah. that voice. And... Oh, if they would have seen him at the game the other day, he would have been with them all day. Um, now, I see going through your bio. Uh-oh. One of my favorite movies of all time is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> oh, I know where you're going with this. And I was always obsessed with the guy who played uh, Ron Taylor, the... <laughs> car stereo no no the uh, stereo salesman St stereo salesman very good looking guy he was so also cute. in the movie mischief which came out in 86 uh the great uh dw brown. brown by the way he's brilliant but here's my thing and i'm That's not his wife too joan joanne baron my Barron. sister went to the same school oh, okay and i'm not cracking on him but and this almost goes into how i feel about comedy teachers like you got value out of the class, yes? 
Yeah, I did. But I was a big Meisner. I went to Playhouse West with James Franco and them for a while. Like I was in the same class. Goldblum was my teacher over there. But how does a guy like D.W. Brown look at you? And I, I don't know him. I never met him. I'm a Great fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a fan. I love that. So am I going to get to first base tonight? <laughs> Gee, it's awful cold in this dugout. How she does he must be somebody? Oh, leaving. it's such an iconic so scene, and it's she just brilliant. she wanted it too. She she got it. Uh, at, like, is do you take that class and and hope to get his blessing that I'm going to make it because D.W. Brown told me so? I mean, like, how does he tell no, people? In fact, this is going to sound awful, but his wife was the more prominent of the two, meaning her voice meant more. Like she, she definitely, she gets more work. She has trained and tutored more stars. He, she was his coach and then they fell in love. Cause I think she played the, if I'm not mistaken. She's very funny. She plays a lot of principals. The principal and Valley girl. Yes. She plays a lot of roles like that where she's funny. She just did one with Melissa McCarthy. That was great. That scene was hilarious. The Happy Time Murders. Mm-mm. No, that's that's later. But this is a couple of years ago, like when Melissa, one of her shit, I can't remember what it was, but they were fighting, and was, I can't remember the name of the movie because it it wasn't great. Right, but right. She, she was real. It was a great scene. She was really funny in it. But if you Google her, all her shit comes up. But she, the thing was, is um, D.W. was. He was charming. He was funny. He was smart. And he wouldn't let you get away with shit, you know. Um, but the master class was taught by his wife. And to get into that, you had to go through the others first. So, uh, no, I didn't I didn't hope that he – I just hoped I could learn something out of it. And I did. It. He, you know, got me to be more me on stage, just more present, more – not on stage, but in a scene or in right. TV, you know. Because everybody, the, once the camera's turned on, turns into somebody else for some reason. Yeah, I mean, I get self-conscious. Everybody does. It's a normal thing. Uh, but that's why I love doing voiceovers. Oh, you would. Oh, my God. Do you do a lot of voiceovers? You would I'm be starting phenomenal. to. I mean, I know the jellies, but do you do more than that? Uh, the only white guy in an all-black cartoon. Do they have an episode where I'm at Takahimi Tommy's or whatever that? They need a white. Well, I but that's but you know that's crazy, and you think my not hatred towards Tommy, but uh, my uh, frustrations with Tommy led me to doing that character on Roast Battle that eventually got me on TV. That got me this voiceover gig. I can't wait to see the next character because of how angry you are of a roast battle. <laughs> what character is going to come out with that? I keep that? it real. I love that. You have to, man. Because... But I don't think it pays in this business, to be honest. Oh, absolutely not. And I remember like my first ex-fiance, I have a couple of those. My first ex-fiance, he shattered my heart in a million pieces, I thought. Really? I thought we were going to have 10 kids together. This was the guy. This was uh, East Coast Italian from New York. Uh, not an inner city guy, like, but um, from like Mount Vernon. So not like a super wealthy guy, but like, you know, fun, normal, down to earth. And his uncle played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, 
Ralph Branca. And yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay, here we go. I'm going to have my athlete. That's because I played padded football my whole life. Nobody, once they stopped me, I had to work the markers. I was like, this sucks. I hate being a girl. But I was better at those kind of sports. I was a great quarterback. I have a great arm. So I would play baseball, but they kicked me out at a certain age. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have kids with this one. I'm going to have a baseball player. Didn't do that. <laughs> uh, but my nephew plays for the Minnesota Twins. So we got one in there. We got Who? my little Jimmy, Jimmy Carrigan. He plays, he's in their farm system. He's a double A, advanced double A now. But he's played single, double A, advanced double A, and triple A. And he's hit blast every time. Like, they love him. So. And he's white. He's white. Yeah. Good luck. Dude, He bu that's what he says. He's like, Anna, look at this room. And he spin around. It's all Dominicans, which is great. You know, whatever. But Jimmy's holding his own. So I'm proud of him. But I mean. But, oh, I was going to say my first experience. So this is what we were talking about. Like he had, he was an agent. He had superstars. He had uh, Martin Lawrence, uh, Chris Tucker. I mean, I, Chris Tucker later, I got him. Chris Tucker, long story. But um, Chris Rock, like those were the guys he molded from the ground up and they blew up, you know, Adele Givens and Angela Means by Felicia, that one, like she, they were all comics. Guy Torrey, Joe Torrey, Tommy Davidson. Joe Torrey, the baseball manager? No, Joe Torrey, mm. Guy Torrey's older brother. Uh. <laughs> uh, but he, um, they were all his clients. And um, so I always asked him because he watched, especially Martin and Chris Rock become superstars and Tommy Davidson to an extent, but Tommy kind of messed himself up. I said, do, do you have to sell your soul? And he's like, oh yeah. Yeah. And it hurts and it's ugly and it's awful. It's tough. Yeah. And that's why you see Martin Lawrence running on Ventura with a gun in his hand. That you was know? me uh, at one point. That's where you get. That's outside the Comedy Central offices. Yeah. Well, I just, you know. Uh, Chris Rock would just back out of things, but after a while, it just, you know, you just want to disappear. Well, it's just, I can deal with the rejection. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but what point. they want you to be and what they expect you to be once you sell out in a way, in a, so to speak, sell out. Uh, and, you know, you make that crossover into the business. And I've been to premieres with them. I've been to, I watched Chris Tucker blow up. He was, he came to the comedy store and within three years, maybe two and a half, he became a superstar. And that was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. And the, what they turned him into that quickly, it was all of a sudden like powerful people all around him, like basically mapping out what he has to do, what he's gonna do and if asked a question this is the answer you give and if this and it made him fucking crazy it was too fast it was too much and he started shooting heroin i mean it's uh i mean i've seen that with people we've been in it so long that i think if we ever got the break we'd just be like look i don't i don't care it already hurts i mean i think i would be so appreciative after you know <laughs> Do you think? I wonder. I do wonder. I mean, I know, you know, with Roast Battle, it was 13 years in. Uh -huh. I was like, this is amazing. Sit on the floor. Just yeah, you do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, I was so thankful to be on Comedy Central five nights and six days after literally 13 years of not one single TV appearance. 
It's like this is this is like a sexual feeling. Like it's amazing. The, but then you get the like the behind the scenes, like uh, or behind the curtain. Uh, oh, this there's politics here, and oh, the politics uh, are gross. And I always knew they existed, but like this was my first time. Like, oh, I'm on the wrong end of the stick here. Mm. Like, why is this person getting treated better than me? Yeah, when I help build this show, and oh, they have a manager. Right. Oh, now I get it. They're in that little click. Right. And I'm not. So, uh, but like on the, the jellies, it's awesome. Like, because they're, they're just more probably appreciative. They're all just hardworking people that sold something. It's, yeah. It's not about, oh, mellow about agents and pushing and moving their client forward. I mean, it's like Tyler, the creator is like, I think it's, you're right. It's his baby. Mm -hmm. It's a one man gang. Mm -hmm. and like as long as tyler's happy everyone's happy and <laughs> yeah so it's like neat to and he takes care of everybody like no one's made to feel inadequate from the writer's assistant who's not getting paid to me to phil lamar who's like the wayne gretzky of voiceover actors wow. I mean, he like he's he's like mind-blowing uh that's awesome everyone's made to feel the same and you could like feel it in the booth or you know you're just like this is fun yeah and it's way more relaxed when it's like that like when uh dice started doing the dice show on showtime like right in the beginning like right when they they i think they were about to sell it or something and it was real sold it right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i created it and uh i wrote it uh they were going to call it wheels, but I said, it was called cannoli dice, but I said, no, no. Um, yeah, he's so bizarro. But what the, the guy, Scott Armstrong, that was selling it, um, you know, they were still in talks. And Dice, as a goof, was like doing all this stuff online and making these crazy videos. And I mean, we were in the middle of no, I think we were in Indiana. Uh, I'm trying to think of the. Fort Myers or something. I'm trying to think of the cop car that kept going by and just in the middle of nowhere making a video. And uh, they called us and they were like, take it down. And Andrew's like, what? And he's like, uh, we're trying to play a game here. We're trying to make something happen. Take it down. And he had it like 10 up and he was having so much fun, like making something on his own, being a goof being the silly guy he likes to be and they made a and they called like can't do it buddy the politics just no good like you were trying to get here and you're messing around and playing mid-level shit and that's dice getting yeah. called a, a, an Screamed established at. 30 years in the business superstar screamed out on the road all of us got yelled at after first they called me and i didn't answer because i was in the middle of a video <laughs> and then they called wheels and he was like uh this so-and-so is calling me and then they called dice and they put they made us all stand around and yelled at us which is crazy <laughs> and i was like oh my god you'd think this many years later he'd still be allowed so to speak to do what he wants so now he don't have the dice show he don't give a shit that's why he does what he does on instagram and his podcast now, what's his podcast? I didn't know he had one. I'm over here. It's the Dice Cast. And it's, um, it's called I'm Over Here, obviously. 
And are you the co-host? Do you co-host or no? I, I'm on it a lot, but I'm not. I don't want to be the co-host because I have my own. But right, I I I do like you know. But his is like a reality show. It's not like see how we're just sitting here normally talking. Right. His like he'll leave the room. He's got video. He's got like the fuck is he? Where's he going? So he, it's just retarded. He's, but he loves it. But it's him, full control, having fun. The same with his Instagram. He puts up whatever he wants, talks shit about whoever he wants. He's done. He's over it. Which is what I love about this podcast. And you and Rick, I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, go for it. Somebody's We're in charge. It. Exactly. Like I know you guys to a different degree have to probably make sure the comedy store is cool with. No, we have a disclaimer. We got in trouble way in the beginning with Sam Tripoli because he kept saying a certain person's name over and over again and um, talking about how they would do coke and she would give head. And Oh, really? Is yeah, she still around? There was a few of us. <laughs> what we were saying was she made the comedy store great and she got mad about it because <laughs> we were like, people like this is what makes gives the comedy store the element of craziness that it needs oh i does that make sense like i know it's gritty and it's dirty but it's the, she was like a groupie and a comic and whatever can you give me a hint to, to who it is uh ja oh yeah, yeah yeah i think uh periodically i get uh, uh messages from her asking for a ride cigarettes or cash sure 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 not me anymore because she hates me and i'm like dude i I defended her and said nice things, but they weren't saying terrible things. Does that make sense? Like, I mean, I guess they were. They do coke. They do. Well, she was blowing them. If you're at the comedy store. And they were store. talking about the other girl who didn't mind at all either. She didn't get mad. Her name was Katie. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, not you, our Katie, not drunk Katie, not our, not my waitress, a right. different one. You know who I'm talking about? I don't, but like oh, there's yeah. so many... And th this is why it's hard to explain the comedy store to people. You know, Laugh Factory, you do your show, you leave pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Improv is a very nice club. They don't have enough hallways like we do. Uh, the comedy store is like an <laughs> ant farm of the bar in Star Wars. <laughs> like you've got every freak. Even today that you still have freaks up there. You know, you've got, you know, uh, Fast Eddie up there who, uh, let's just say, may or may not deal in powdered refreshment. Yeah. Um, you've got... Uh, I love the may or may not. Mike David, uh, who's just... Not even quite sure what that is. But rich yes. guy from the Laugh Factory who just parks his car outside the store and jumps in and out of it <laughs> to impress, like, whoever. And he brings, like... Uh, like dozens of candy bars and I go, I go, what do you got a van outside? What are you doing? Why you got candy? Who's bringing candy? Like yeah. lots of it. Like know? dozens of Butterfinger yeah. bars. Hey, little girl, you want a Butterfinger? I'm like, you fucking weirdo. Uh, it, he it scares just, me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some, you know, he strikes me as someone who does a lot of .org websites on his <laughs> internet catch. But it, I try to also explain to people that the store is tame to what now. it used to be. Oh, God, yeah. Well, because that's what Rick and I love to talk about, the dead years. The dead years were so, no one was watching. No one was watching. And the lineups were, you know, Sebastian. like. Well, he, he was, was coming up. Yeah, he know, was coming uh, up. Finding his way, I guess you'd mm -hmm. say. Like, I started in 93, and 
there was still like dice coming in Bob Saget once in a blue moon, you know, like there was still some heavy hitters coming through once in a while, but then we got like Chris Tucker, the Holtzman showed up. Joey you know. Marmo. Jo- well, <laughs> you're a Marmo. My uh, grandmother's pussy. <laughs> he would do My favorite was when he would just stand on stage, wedge himself like in the curtain, put two fingers between his legs, hold it a, a solid minute. Raise them slowly to his nose and go, my pussy stinks. Like, never breaking it like that. My pussy stinks. And I'm like, what the fuck? I love, I'm, Joey Marmo is And then just, he made him have a blow-up doll. It was amazing. Joey's like, <laughs> that's a dude who's like, that's the intimidating thing about this business is someone like him to me is super funny. Yeah. And he just basically moved to Florida. But that's mental and meaning like he met someone, he fell in love, he had kids and mentally you have to make decision. Can I struggle with my kids or do I have to become a person, make this a hobby? So it's like a choice you have to make. And he made that choice and the hobby slowly dwindled out because in the beginning when he first got married, and they had he was still doing commercials. He was still getting work. He was still performing at the store. I remember his wife. She's lovely. Tracy. Yeah, she, they've been together forever. Uh, it's almost like Galern and his wife. It's the same thing. Whereas Galern, Galern's hilarious to me. Oh, he's like one of my absolute favorite comics. I could watch him. He's one of the very you Galern Holtzman. Holtzman's B- ridiculous. Barris. I can't. But like Holtzman, I look at. <laughs> and go, how is this guy not famous? Like, no one is like We him. all tried. Earl, we all tried. I mean, Rogan tried to explain to me one night. He's like, yeah, I tried to, you know, I took him to the Laugh Factory. And, like, you know, he's a little too hardcore for them. And he uh, They picked him up. He didn't want to play the game. and like, He doesn't play the game. He's the complete opposite of what Hollywood wants. Now, when I talk about my first ex-fiance, there was two comics. When I When we started going out. And he was a booking agent for comics. I said, you have to come see these two comics. One was Chris Tucker. The other one was Brian Holtzman. So Chris Tucker was in talks to do Jackie Brown, I think, with uh, Bruce Willis. and. Uh, I thought you meant the tall black comic at the store. <laughs> Who's Jack? Is there a comic named tall, Jackie Brown? Tall, you know, big lips. I don't know. Big smile. Is his name Jackie Brown? It's a girl. Is her name Jackie? Brown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Maybe that's Jack K. Brown. I can't keep up. Hilarious. Two E's at the end. Anyway, so Jackie Brown was a movie in the '90s, and um, Chris Tucker had a small part in it. Then he got fried. Then he was like, you know, people from Fridays came looking, whatever. So Billy, my ex, he jumped right in on it. He was like, "Oh, okay, this guy's great." Signed him, PAs, got him working everywhere. Great. So that worked out. Then I said, you got to come see Holtzman. So he's like, all right. And he's banking on, like, he came to see him. He saw him have a great, normal Holtzman set. He goes, this guy's great. So he sets it up, packed in the original room. It's 1995. It's jam packed. Everybody from William Morris is there because that's where Billy used to work. Billy repped Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence, 
called Billy that night. Hey, what are you doing? He goes, Hey, I'm going to the comedy storm showcasing a comic. Maybe I'll come down. Okay. We didn't know how crazy Martin was going at that point. You know, he was doing the pills and whatever. So he comes down <laughs> comedy store. The showcase is all set up. I'm excited. I'm waiting tables. The manager, Nancy, we're all excited. This is all about Holtzman, a big deal. And Brian goes on. He's two seconds in. First joke, dead. All of a sudden, a crew of people walk in. It's Martin Lawrence and his entourage. They sit down. And, uh, well, thanks for showing up. You know how he is. He starts yelling, you know. Then they start heckling him. Why don't you say something funny, motherfucker? You know, whatever. Oh, you think this is easy? You think this is easy? And it immediately starts to lose it and unravel. I could see that. So I'm like, fuck. And I'm panicked because I'm like, get back in the pocket. Get in the pocket. Right. Stay in the pocket. And um, Martin starts doing more shit. You crazy looking motherfucker. You look like whatever, you know. You think this is easy? You want to come up here? And he starts walking toward him, Holtzman. And then he gets off the stage and goes toward, he goes, you think I care if Billy Morrison's here to see me? I don't give a shit. I don't need this Hollywood bullshit. And he loses his mind, walks off the stage with the microphone toward Martin's crew. I don't think he knew it was Martin. As soon as he got like this close, like an inch from Martin, not an inch, maybe a couple inches from Martin, Martin's bodyguard stood up and knocked him out. It was amazing. I'm standing there with a tray of drinks going, you got to be fucking kidding me. Wow. I've never heard that story before. And at first they thought it was a joke. Like, right. But Brian's on the ground and Nancy, the manager comes in and is like, what the hell are you doing? He yells at Martin and he goes, fuck you, cunt. And she's like, cunt. And then she goes after him and it just turned into mayhem. And then we had to clear out the the whole thing. It was awful. So that was the first time I tried to help Holtzman. That's how it went. And Billy was like, that guy's incredible, but we can't, you know. And then me and Brian are in the back and I'm helping him ice his face, you know. And he goes, should I sue? I knew it was Martin because of his ears. I saw his ears. (laughs) Like, you sick motherfucker. We took pictures and stuff, but he never sued. He wouldn't do that. But then flash to, let's say, six years later, I, uh, my ex is out of the business. We broke up. He, whatever. So I see Jennifer Craig. I don't know if you know Jennifer Craig, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Jenny Craig. If you oh. will. Okay, Jennifer Craig. Uh, the, not the weight loss person, but some people call her Jenny Craig, I should say. Um, like some people call her Jenny. And, um, I said she was at the comedy store. She was the head of film and television at William Morris. She was the boss. She was, Olivitz had been courting her. Like this is the biggest big time right then. And, uh, I said to Jennifer, Hey, uh, you, you, oh, one of the comics, a girl, a female comic walked by and she said, Hey, Eleanor. And I said, hi. And then I introduced her to Jen, Jennifer, and, uh, they shook hands and she goes, um, are you funny? And Jennifer looked at me and I was like, "Mm." cause I, I, I don't endorse when I don't like it. 
you know, I'll just smile and be polite or I'll say they're new. <laughs> Great personality. Exactly. Like if somebody's not what I know this woman's looking for or the person, whatever, I don't push it. So I just kind of nodded and and then somebody else walked up and it got distracting. Thank God. Thank God. Like I didn't have to deal with it. So then Holtzman walked by and I said, Holtzman, come. And at the time, Jennifer Craig was with my friend, Stacy Mark, who was Billy's assistant at the time and is now like the vice president of the PA department at William Morris. Right. So I said, oh, this guy's funny. And she turned, I go, this is Brian Holtzman. And Stacy was like, Cause she was there when Mark knocked him out. So she's like, dude, what are you doing? And I go, he's hilarious. Relax. And so I go, Jennifer, this guy is somebody you should know. And I think at the time, Damon Wayans was putting Brian on his show. What was it? My wife and kids. Okay. Yeah. So I said, he does, you know, Damon Wayans, everybody, you ask anybody, Brian Holt. And Jennifer Craig goes, look, if Eleanor Kerrigan says you're funny, you're funny. Here's my card. And he handed it to her and he looked at it and he saw Jennifer Craig and he immediately thought Jenny Craig. And he went, I don't need to lose weight, bitch. And he ripped up her card and threw it in her face. I almost shit my pants. <laughs> it was the head of television. <laughs> so you got to always got to <laughs> play the game. So when you say Brian doesn't play the game, it's he's not even close. I mean, he should be like, to me, he's like Kennison. Like, I'm sure when Kennison was first doing the, the whole preacher yelling. I don't think he would ever do that to a. You got to take that? No. I don't think he would ever do that to a. Uh, are they filming? <laughs> oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, can you show that to the fans? We are filming on Facebook Live. I'm not going to say who a dumb man is, but does this. That's how people get programmed when they call a lot. But does his last name rhyme with Ray? <laughs> yeah. That would be great if That's you took the call name, on air. Yeah. But, no, you know, we're not no, no, getting no, Dice involved. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he would like it. Sometimes I do uh, at the store. I'll take a, uh, I'll take his call. Well, he would like it because I always talk to him about making the grade when he was the security guy. A, a very uh, uh, underrated Dice film. But this was back when, yeah, the the Judd Nelson movie. No way. He was the uh, like the nightclub bouncer uh, in making the grade. Hold, hold, hold on, I think I, I might have to take a call. All right, we're gonna we're hold, I can pause this. Can you pause for one second? Hold on before you real? before you do your thing. Uh, Eleanor has to take a phone call. I'm so so sorry. Now I've never done, but let me shut the Facebook Live off before you know. I don't want this. Uh, we're gonna be back in three, two, one. Okay, we are back. Uh, sorry, Eleanor had to actually take a serious uh, phone call about something uh, unfortunate that just happened. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, that's only happened one other time when I had the great and legendary Rick Overton on. Oh, no. And uh, King Rick is just like, you, that's another, well, Rick is kind of a, a big deal. Like I love Rick Overton. I mean, Holtzman could be like a Rick Overton type. <laughs> Uh, and in the middle of the Rick pod. has way more structure, but well, I think Rick plays the game a little bit better. Like he gets Tiny it. Like, bit. 
Yeah. Uh, but in the middle of our podcast, he got a phone call that uh, Gary Shandling had passed. And uh, you know, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, hey, Rick, so tell us about that show set list you're on tomorrow night. Like, it oh, was Jesus. Just, poor uh, thing. So sorry about that. Uh, but uh, sometimes, guys, life gets in the way of... Uh, Maybe it's your podcast, Earl. You're killing off all our friends. Well, I tell you that this is the crazy thing. Two people who've done inappropriate Earl have died. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, Rowdy, oh, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Fuck, I didn't even. Think By the way, the number shot through the roof when he died. I to be honest with you. I mean, I, thank I mean, you. Pipes was the best. He was great. Remember when he was doing stand up? I love. Well, I'm not it. sure if he was doing stand up, well, but he was, he was on stage. Uh, but you know, I was the last thing he tweeted at. He his last tweet before he passed was something along the lines of, "If you mess with me, you get my partner, Big Earl." Or, and so all these news. Uh, outlets thought we were like best friends which we were good friends but yeah so they were calling me to speak about his death i'm like i'm not really qualified to like like I, you didn't know him know him yeah. like that. but you know it's a different part of his life and he trusted you guys and would tell you guys stories and hung out and felt accepted and i mean that's like you don't get that at the laugh factory or improv no a, a rowdy roddy piper coming in to do stand-up or when david arquette used to come in former w I was talking to him yesterday yeah because or two days ago because i he goes to a lot of rams games right so i told him i was going on thursday and he said he was going to get there late but then i went i got so into the game i wound up not seeing because i forget that like most people go to a game and they're like oh it's an event we're gonna say hi to people i don't i watch the game i'm like weird like that like i actually sit studiously and watch the game well i'm the same way like when the steelers play people are like yeah i'm not it's not an event i'm not talking to I'm, anybody i'm watching like i don't <laughs> i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about stand-up i don't want to talk yeah about don't give me battle. your life stories i watch games shit. alone most of the time i do because i say a lot of racial slurs so oh watch out to... well i mean uh hi that's like when me barris and sandy danto would go to the the house uh, at the end of the driveway of the comedy <laughs> store, that I mean, it's the most yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. house. Like I know, is it's that Polly? Polly owned it for a minute. Didn't I he? think he still does. Mitzi owned the one on the other side. This is the house where Dean, the legendary Dean Gelber, uh, yeah. he lived in the guest house. Dean, Dean, baby, thing here, Dean. But there, it was it. You know, from the street, it doesn't look like that sprawling of a no, complex awesome though the other on the other side that place was great too because mitzi used to let the comics live in the cottage at the bottom but bobby lee didn't he live uh, uh i don't know about bobby lee but freddie soto um i don't think bobby lived there bobby lived in paulie's this was bobby lived in paulie's part Pauly's oh, okay house. when mitzi owned the other house we had like brett bolt house he's a huge promoter oh the yeah. nightclub promoter yeah so brett was up there when freddie was there an old manager debbie lived there patty ross lived there like i don't remember bobby jeff lee. ross patty oh sorry so i got ross battle on the Civers. brain same size, different person. Whoa, watch out. Hi watch out. Hello, mama, 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 mama. I don't mama. see weight. I only see uh, color. Everybody knows that. Well, we, me, Barris, and Sandy would play uh, Madden up at the top yeah. room. It was like the castle. And uh, let's just say I'm glad those games weren't videotaped. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would do. And you know you know Bob O'Shack, right? Oh, my God. That, that's another guy. I mean, there, we could do a oh, podcast on comics who should be huge. Oh, yeah. And what's I you know I don't know what unforgivingly unforgivable that it's like I'll to never Hollywood be that, funny. that he's not yeah but I'll never be that funny and 
it, it's like how like like we'll we'll text and he's like dude i was on oprah and i'm like <laughs> he still uses credits so i'm like the late oh, so do i <laughs> no but it's more of a goof like not me bro i was I, on yeah you don't you have new credits you have roast battle it's a newer ish credit well but i used bench warmers for so long as a credit Bench warmer still isn't as old as Bob Saget bringing uh, Bob Oshack on Oprah. It's late nineties, but like that's hysterical. But he is Bob Oshack. Oh my god! Like we've had some private conversations. Oh yeah, but we we his wife is a sweetheart, very clean cut, like extremely clean cut, and me and Freddie Soto, and sometimes this other guy Jason Hartz. We would leave horrendous uh, messages just to make him nervous. Right. And, um, you know, like say ridiculously racial things about white people, Mexicans, black people, whatever, Asians. We were big on picking on Asians for a while just to leave them on Bob's machine in hopes that his wife came home first and he would get in trouble for it. Like it was it was truly all a goof, like nothing other than to get him in trouble. And one time Freddie went to town on the machine. And like, I mean, as a Mexican from El Paso, he came up with some slurs that I never heard. And we and were, you're from Philly. I know. Hello. We were crying, laughing in the background. And then all of a sudden the phone picks up and it's Bob. And he's like, dude, my in-laws are here. It was like echoing through the apartment and his in-laws were visiting. So but it wasn't only his wife. It was, And his wife was like, that's his friends. Those are his friends. But that's the comedy store humor. <laughs> oh, she hates us. Well, I mean, the comedy store, I always tell people it's not for everybody. It's not. Even today, it's, it's like not. still, uh, you know, people only at the comedy store could a show like Roast Battle happen. Certainly. Which yeah. is, you know, borderline bullying, mm-hmm. you know, the early on. Well, the- today's bullying. Today's word bullying. Well, I think uh, as, uh, and the show's given me everything. So, the, the, and, you know, I, I had a meeting with Comedy Central this week. All is well in the Viacom with land. Jordy? I had to play the game a little bit. Uh, with Jordy? Yeah. I love Jordy. The great Jordy Fox. I'm going to uh, have him on the podcast so he can tell about all the times he had a breakdown and kicked all the mir- uh, walls and put holes in them. I would love to have him on the podcast. Wanna, that's a guy who did the opposite. Like he went from being a comic mm-hmm. to La, yeah. the gatekeeper. Yeah. And we, and how do you make those decisions? Like, uh, again, it comes down to kids and stuff. Like, can I support myself as a comic, as a struggling comic and a kid and kids rather? Well, I mean, that's like uh I, I think in 2006, uh, you know, I was dating uh, my girlfriend at the time, Shelly, for six years. And mm-hmm. she literally never missed a show in six years. Open mics. And I'm talking, I was playing some pretty bad rooms. Oh, wow. Then. That's a good girl. Oh, I mean, she's amazing. And we still talk. But like, I, I you know, there was a time when it was like, hey, I now I got to try and get into the comedy store. And, you know, I've got to I'm starting from scratch, essentially, because everyone loves me, but I'm not in there. And it was, I had to choose between her and another. It's not easy. Oh, no. I mean, I, I mean, so we broke up, but it, cause you know, I was like, well, I, 
I'm king of the open mics, but at the comedy store, I'm starting at the bottom again. Like, yeah. So it was just like, you have to pick one or the other, I guess. I don't think you can do both. Yeah. People ask all the time, how do I get in there? And I'm like, I've been here since 1993, not as a standup, 12 years as a waitress, never doing standup. Uh, Mitzi's assistant left for a year and a half after I got engaged to Dice, then came back as a comic. And now have been doing com comedy over 11 years. Like, but even when I came back doing the open mics, like I wouldn't just do the store, but to get into the store and to get that respect took a long time. Oh, I mean, it took me probably close to 13 years. And okay, really it didn't take me that long, but it took me to <laughs> establish and get, because they already knew me, it took three years, three and a half, but it felt like, 13 years. Yeah, because she showcased me three times. And what was like, I mean, that's the one regret I have is never being showcased by her just because it's Mitzi. Like you want, yeah. like she's the godmother. Exactly. And especially me because I was her assistant and she was pissed when it turned. When I told her I was doing a one woman show, she was cool with it. When I said I'm doing stand up, she was like, oh, honey, because she hated waitress turned comic. That's so usually, the, you know, uh, I've seen a few who won't mention names. Uh, oh, no, I, I saw a lot. It doesn't. But I block their names because I don't ever want to think or see that again. I so, can't block their names. So I can't not say Mitzi's wrong. Does that make sense? But in your case, she was. True. But no, I've had waitresses that came in as comics and aren't terrible. They they were good. They weren't like watching the show and thought, I could do that, which right. people think I did, and that's not what happened. I never watched comedy store, like I never watched shows, and there's acts I can do verbatim. I never watched it and thought, oh, that's easy, even the bad ones. I just thought, why would you do that to yourself? Like, <laughs> I think some people are so baked in delusion, they don't. Yeah, there's definitely, that runs rampant. I mean, we're all delusion. Everywhere, certainly. I'm delusional. We have, we have a an we're on the spectrum. But I think uh, like you and I are, are our delusion is based in reality. Like you're funny. It, it, there's not out of the realm for you to make it. And right. Whatever making it is in this business. Right. I I would say the same thing about me. But when you see like uh, certain people who never do well and they think they're going to be the next Jim Carrey, it's like uh, <laughs> like Richard Crenna said to Stallone at the end of Rambo in the warehouse. <laughs> It's over, Johnny. That's amazing. It's over. Come on home. Nothing is over. <laughs> <sighs> Nothing makes me happier than how well you know movies. Well, it got me. It got us through life. But I'm like Rain Man. Like yeah, same. My brother Charlie, will, Charlie and Billy, and myself, we're all around the same age. Uh, it, we'll do. You just be well. You'll say a line, and then it'll be like, "What movie?" And very rarely do any of us get stumped. I mean, it's it, sad. <laughs> well, it is sad, but recently it, it helped. Uh, I just, and this is going to sound like I'm bragging or, or whatever. You know me. I, I don't brag because I have really not How accomplished. Could you, How well, could I haven't you brag? You're wearing red, white, blue socks. I don't even know what's wrong. I got a Def Leppard shirt on. I got Adidas uh, Wigger shorts on. Right. Wigger. Wigger, wigger. Are you just trying to prove that you're not gay in this neighborhood? Is that what's happening? I mean, I think if there was a Yelp review for my pee-pee at the comedy store, 
it would get five stars. I would be the first to give it. Because stars. like Ric Flair said, girls, it's one thing to buy a ticket to Space Mountain. It's another thing to ride it. <sighs> um, I'm obsessed with Ric Flair. Whenever I'm bombing. Did I you just, watch his 30 for 30? I was sad. Yeah. Because you're was like. Hard. I never wanted. But it was great. There were some great lines in it. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I think, of, like, I never want to meet people like him who, he's a pretty shitty dad, to be honest. Like, a horrible husband. Yeah. He just got married a fifth time. The, Jesus. Did you see the wedding pictures? Yeah. The recent one. No. Wedding. It's the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's however old he is and his wife is significantly younger and i was like, thinking of the they did show some pictures on the 30th like but i don't kissing. think that was no it. no this was this uh is new then. the tv is due to come on any second now so i gotta mute the sound why is it uh it's on a timer uh yeah but what do you got timed oh no it just it'll go on to msnbc i'm fascinated with the supreme court thing are you serious well uh, yeah just like it, it's the ultimate he said she said I mean, yeah how do they uh, how do you fight that what do you do i mean uh i don't like politics but i hate nonsense more well i just love going back and forth between uh, i watch all three networks cnn and msnbc are, are basically the same network they hate trump they're just ripping kavanaugh so and then fox is like the complete opposite. Oh, it's so funny to go on like Don Lemon tonight and he's like, Kavanaugh's a maniac. He's a rapist. He's this. And then you go to Hannity and Laura Ingram and they're like, I thought he did really good today on the stand. <laughs> like, well, he fingered me once and it was great. I loved I, it. I didn't even know he was doing it for like 10 minutes, but then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, it goes into, you know. Uh, I'm you just know. saying it's crazy. Like the other day I said that we, we had such good seats at the Rams game. I said to my little sister, I'm feeling up some of the players. And she goes, don't do that. They're going to get mad at you 30 years later. And I go, oh, I'll be dead by then. <laughs> but it's true, though. But yeah, I was like, that's crazy to look. Women or people, not just women, men and women. Weird shit happens to. I have men, friends and women friends that have both been raped, whatever, yeah. came out one not immediate the guy always takes the guys even longer uh i know that sounds weird but the girl came out pretty quick two of them and nobody believed nobody believed them. was the guy raped by another guy or another girl i mean the guy i was raped by an older guy i mean i you know the guy was raped by an older guy who was part in that fucking ring that sandusky was running well, at least he was a good linebacker <laughs> He wasn't a football player. Uh, they had even more crazy oof. shit. They had the young football players, but then they also had these young kids that were like inner city kids that their parents were kind of like this kid specifically, his dad got killed in the line of duty. And then uh, his mother was just a single mom with five boys. And one of them was the number one kickboxer in the cut. Like they had anger issues beyond anger issues. Like they were a mess. So they didn't have a lot of money because the mom would go to work and uh, they kind of, they were like, hey, we'll give you money if you do this. So they were basically like fucking brainwashing this kid to be a prostitute, a young, a 15 year old prostitute. I mean, that's what they would do with the uh, 14 maybe ring boys and wrestling crazy you know they would like oh if you set up the ring you can meet hulk hogan and then and know. hawk would rape him no no okay because uh, these would... guys would fuck my friend 
well, or no. like do other stuff. And now his family doesn't believe them, doesn't believe him. And they won't let him around the kids because they think he's a pedophile. I'm like, what? I mean, like with this Kavanaugh thing, it's like he's saying, no, he didn't. She's saying she's 100% positive it was him. It's like, who but do you believe? But if a little boy says the, the priest did some weird shit to him and he has no evidence, everybody believes the little boy and they're like, priest should be in jail, right? I mean, I was me too. Nothing happened. But What like, does that mean? I was, you know. Uh, touched by an angel. No, I wish I was touched by someone on that show. It would have been a good credit. Uh, <sighs> this guy was like one of the heads of casting at Fox. Oh, right, right. You tell the you story. Know, and, yes, yes, uh, yes. I've had a million, by the way. I just. But, you know, it never really bothered me until. This came this, out? It was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was kind of fucked up what happened to me. Or the attempt of what this guy was trying to do. Now, th there was a guy and he was a supposedly a big producer i've looked him up a couple times nothing really comes up like a couple little things but maybe at the time he was hot but he probably did this to other people and i was probably 23 24 maybe and my friend his this guy's best friend wanted to date my friend and he they picked us up at the comedy store after us waiting tables all night in a rolls royce and my friend said, I'll go if you let me drive. She grew up in California. She's like, watch this. I'm like, he's not going to let you drive a Rolls Royce, bitch. Of course he did. He let her. Uh, I don't even think she had. I didn't have a license. She did maybe. But we drove up and down Sunset. She put top down. It was gorgeous. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? You know, right out of South Philly, I'm in a Rolls Royce on Sunset Strip. The fuck? So then he's like, I live right up here in the hills. So we go to his house. Phenomenal. Ridiculous. I grew up in a row home. I'm fucking floored. I'm like, wow, I'm looking around. So I said to my friend, are you okay? Because I don't want to leave her with this fucking stranger. I'm a street fighter. I could take both of these guys. I wouldn't have gone in the house if I didn't think I could. So she goes, she goes, oh, it's okay. And the guy was a perfect gentleman, her guy. So the other guy goes, come on, I show you a tour. I show you the house. I go, oh, tour. Israeli, right? I didn't know about the comedy store tours yet. So we go look around the house. He goes, yeah, look at this room, this room, this room. He's not even doing anything. I'm like looking at everything. Then I'm like on the balcony and I could see the comedy store like way down the hill. You know, I'm like, whoa, this is beautiful. As I'm, We're in the master bedroom. I'm on the balcony looking out. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I turn around. I'm like, David, you got to come see this. I turn, I'm sure he saw it a million times, but I was so like excited. I was like, come see this. And he turned, I, I, I turned around and he was balls ass naked. <laughs> and I go at first, cause he was older, like in his sixties, you know? And I was like, dude, you got to put your, you got to put pants on. That's fucking gross. Right. And he goes, Oh, this makes you nervous. I put the pillow and he took, he found a little fucking heart pillow and put it over his little gray nuts. Right. And I was like, what are you doing? And part of me's like, I'm like, dude, put your pants on. That's ridiculous. Like I'll kill you. And he goes, he just looked at me. He goes, Oh, you're one of those snobs. And I go, all right, put your fucking pants. On. Like now I got, pissed right. and at that point i'm looking around for like blunt objects to fucking just kill this guy and maybe throw him over the balcony and there was like this little statue that i was just ready to just pound his fucking dumb head in with and 
he got up and he was like, oh, and he's putting his pants on. He's like, you will never work in this town again. I go, I don't want to work in this fucking town. If I have to look at your gray nuts, you know, and I'm, he starts cursing me in some whatever Israeli. Uh, and I go, I'll fucking kill you. Like I was so, I turned right back to who I grew up as. <laughs> and then I went downstairs and I was, I saw my friend and I'm like, look, this guy's an asshole. And he's like, what did he do? Like his friend. And I go, he's a pig. I'm getting out of here. Are you coming? And the guy drove, the nice guy drove us back down to the comedy store. Was it Jamie Masada? <laughs> no, uh -oh. Jamie's. <laughs> buddy, buddy, buddy. I don't, but he likes Asian girls. He wouldn't come after me. Buddy, this buddy. guy must have been in like Caitlyn Jenner. Uh oh, watch early out. On. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Caitlyn Jenner doesn't look half bad to me. She's not bad. She's not bad. Nice jugs for yeah. 65 year old dude. Right? <laughs> Usually 65 year old man. This guy was probably 65. Like that's gross to a 23 year old 20. Yeah. I think I was 23. I mean, I've had a 27 year age difference, but you know, yeah, it was legal. My brain and my anger saw me hurling that motherfucker over the balcony. Like it was nothing because I knew of these other people that God forbid, if something happened, they, the two girls definitely report it immediately and nobody believes them. I mean, like the evidence is hard to find. Like what, the, uh, this girl the other night, she was wasted. She was like, I was just raped. Cause I think everybody's in this. And I go, Hey man, we gotta go get a kit. Like I was nervous. Where was her. this at? At the comedy store. She was wasted. It was late. They were oh, closing right. the doors and it was right after the Emmys, I think. Oh, okay. And she was like, I was like, are you all right? Because she looked cra like she was walking from the parking lot. She goes, she called me an asshole. But she was talking about no one. And then because uh, there was nobody behind her. Right. And um, they had already locked all the doors. So I don't know who she was talking to. And then she walked out and uh, she goes, I was just raped. And I was like, hey, we got to go get a kit. Like, because right. you got... Even if you're fucked up, we got to prove this. We need the kit. You got to get the whole thing. Well, that's the thing with this Supreme Court thing. It was 30 years ago. Yeah, so how are they supposed to know? And if this guy didn't do anything other than, you know, I, mean, I shouldn't say didn't do anything, but apparently he held her down, correct? Well, he's but saying he didn't, penetrate. he didn't do anything. He's saying he didn't even, like, basically, he doesn't know where. guys hold me down where I'm like, okay, I got to figure out how to get out of this fucking thing. I mean, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I I, I don't like being too violent with girls in the... Uh, it's the only way I get off. I understand. But if you go too far, and well, if I don't give the okay... But, you know, I mean, the last girl I was with, uh, she was a little aggressive because her safe word was, uh, fuck me harder, you faggot. <laughs> so, uh... Oh. When she said it, did that mean you had to fuck her harder? Well, I mean, no means no. Not, uh, I got you. No got means you. no, keep going. <laughs> Boing. because you've we've seen like i mean you were at the store in the 90s i was there in the dark ages uh, like yeah, the dark ages was you could walk into the main room and there'd be three different comics fucking in three different areas of the room like yeah. people think the store is wild now and it, it's fun but it's nothing like it used to be in terms of the outlaw behavior yeah, yeah. You know, rooms are locked now. I one of the comics, right when they started doing that, uh, he had 
met a girl and he walked back and he didn't know, you know, and he let, he, he, I guess he started to go on the tour and then he turned around and he went, Oh, we're locking doors now. <laughs> well, I mean, and he was with a really cute girl and I was like, Oh yeah, they started doing that. Did. Well, I think it was uh, the great Eric Anderson, the legendary uh, <laughs> manager was like, uh, okay, guys. Had him on the podcast. This isn't, uh, you know, a bordello anymore. We have to like, you know. How dare you, you pussy. I mean, there were times when I'd go in the main room with a lady friend and I'd sit down and, and I'd hear like Dave Taylor going, Earl, can you move down a bit? I'm like, oh, sorry. My bad. My bad. Uh, it was, it was cra- it's hard to explain it to oh, people. Oh, no, I know. Because there was one girl, uh, I, I don't remember, I might mess up this story, but they've told it on the Comedy Store podcast quite a few times. I believe she blew Sam Tripoli, Ari Shafir, and I think uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. Yes. And then was outside on the patio making out with some guy like from Australia or something. And he was like, Hollywood's amazing. An right. actor. It was like Something a reality like show. I, I know I'm friends with the girl, so I we won't. Uh, yeah, you don't have to say her name, but it was just like, but they were. Uh, he I was remember. in love with her. He was like, yeah, I'm in love. That's yeah. the best kisser ever. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, how'd Ari seem and taste? But it was almost like Ari and, and Sam and Tony were on the podcast like, oh, he let her kiss her? Like. Well, you don't know. I mean, on the patio, not the podcast, on the patio, like looking at her like, oh, good. Because I think it was all in the same night or the same. Oh, week. it was all within the same like hour and a half. OK, I knew it was something crazy like that. And, 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 and the only reason they knew is because they saw it on the cameras. They had just started. Right. Making. And which makes it even tougher. In rewinding this day and the age. cameras. We always had the cameras. We just couldn't afford to keep them on and record and shit. I mean, now they're like, it's a, if you yeah. go into the... Now it's like a movie. You go into the comedy store manager's office, it's like the Houston Space Center. It's <laughs> like there's 30 high-def cameras running around the clock. Uh, it's almost mean. It's like, dude, you don't trust us? But in some cases, it's good. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, because there's a lot of riffraff at the store now where you don't know who they are. Yeah, people are coming in like, uh, yeah, I'm a comic. Like uh, Bobby Lee told the story on his podcast that this girl was walking down the hall and she's like, move. And I was like, were you standing in the middle of the hall? And he's like, no, I was just walking down the hall. And she was like, I'm a comic here. And he'd never heard of her. Like he'd never seen her or heard of her. And she goes... So you got to move. <laughs> he was like, are you serious? And she goes, he goes, I'm a comic here too. And she goes, oh, really? I just got off stage. And he was like, I'm going to show you something. And he went in the back and he got a glass and he walked back in the hallway and he threw it at the wall. And he goes, they'll do nothing to me. But if you did that, you'd be thrown out. That's how much power I have here. And I go, you're such a dick. And he goes, I know. But she pissed me off. But, but at the same time, I understand what he's saying. Like it, these people are like, uh, "Excuse me, I work. I'm a comic here. I was just on stage in the belly room." Oh, I see like, that a lot Dude, lately. Just calm down. And then you get these comics from other cities. Like there was a comic about three years ago. Uh, you know, just kind of he was like 21, pretty young dude, and he's from Philly. 
And uh, oh yeah, we talk about him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. nice enough, dude. But Very he's like, nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. past at the cellar. I'm like, I mean, you I can't are? say it's not true, but like, I can. That well, at the time, I'm like, uh, he seems a little young to be past at the cellar. <laughs> and then he, yeah, I headlined Philly, and I. Ask Pat Barker, who's a sure. Philly comic, Great very comic. funny. Yeah. Uh, I don't like saying roast battler because he's a comic. He does both, yeah. Uh, he's one of the few who's good at both. Right. Uh, I like a, Joe Dosh, too. Like, Joe's, oh, yeah, Joe's. Those those people that know the other side of it, too, they get it that it's different. Roast yeah, battle I mean, is definitely its own niche. Like, it's, I, I mean, I think it's like uh, like the slam dunk competition. Like, yeah. You know, if you look at who wins the slam dunk competition most years, it's not the best player on the team. Right. It's just right. like, oh, he has a good vertical leap. Yeah. He can't dribble, but, you know, he can dunk. And if there's a defender. Right. It's a little yeah, harder. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I've done some shows recently with Roast Battle, <laughs> yeah. uh, Heavy Comics. So if and, there's uh, an audience, they geez. make them laugh. Well, you got to rely on your jokes instead of going, hey, you're fat. <laughs> You're a whore. <laughs> but this guy from Philly was like telling he was headlining clubs all over uh, Philly. And, you know, Philly apparently is a s somewhat small so comedy scene. Out. Right. So, uh, you, you know, you get so many people like that who, who it's like, dude, this is a comedy store. You're not going to bullshit Eleanor or me or Holtzman or Barris or. You could, you could bullshit Holtzman because he doesn't hang out enough. But I'm saying like Barris, we're there all the time. Yeah. We all work there all the time. I mean, I don't usually go unless I have spots, but I usually get a decent amount of spots that I'm there quite often. Yeah. All hail King Adam. <sighs> thank God. Oh, my God. I, I mean, right? I can only say thank you to him. A million times over. I, I just, And my heart is like. I wish I could. I wish I was famous just so I could get you a job. Like, yeah. Like, I want him to succeed I, I, if he gets to move up because. Even though the comedy store is very corporate now, which is also uncomfortable to to. Well, it is a weirder. It's never been more popular, but it's definitely more straight laced. Right. Which I guess is good. I don't want to say it's bad. I mean, it's making money hand over fist, and uh, I mean, even late night when I go on, you go on later. It's, it's there's crowds now. Yeah. Whereas you know, to get a twelve thirty spot in the mid two thousands, early two thousands was like. Yeah. You were playing to Renazizi and Yusuf in the back. Yeah. Like we had Kyle Dunnigan on and uh, I didn't realize he got passed in 99. Uh, and so she would give him spots, Mitzi, and uh, he would come 99, 2000 -y, and he would come from Santa Monica and there would be like five people. And he's like, I drove all the way from Santa Monica for this. For, it was $15 at the time or maybe even less. I don't know. But he, it was just the weirdest, like, I, I I can't do this. So he left and came back now. I mean, that's what I did. Like You have to. You know, when I came in 2000, I mean, literally, I'll never forget, I walked into the back OR stairwell. <laughs> Scotty Barron was on stage okay. talking about fucking Britney Spears in the ass with a drumstick. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, maybe You're I should wait out. talking about classic bits here. <laughs> Maybe I should wait outside. And then Gaylord Dingler was the second person I met. And and then I, I stayed because Dave Tyree oh, had got Dave me a spot. Tyree's the best. Yeah. Well, I, I paid him for jokes. And he, I, I, look, I just looked at them recently. I'm like, these were all stolen jokes. You're kidding. 
No, I, but it, that night I got to go up and Brody was the MC and he made some guy from La Jolla cry because he had bombed. And uh, Brody was like, where are you, you from? You got it. Out of the business. Yeah, basically. Where are you from? La Jolla. Well, that's why I just got a lot longer. You got it. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I was like, this place isn't for me right now. Yeah. I don't think I could hang here. It was scary. I mean, and we... There was nights I can remember Brody being on the stage. <laughs> oh man, it, Brody on stage. There's six people in the audience. He's trying to get it going. Freddie Soto is just hanging out late night, and me. I was waiting tables, and I'd be sitting in the back. And I remember Painter James Painter was working the door. <laughs> so I forget who was in the cover booth. Could have been anybody at that. point. Point. Dagmar. <laughs> no, she never worked for us, but she worked. Hello. Hello. Uh, she. So we were sitting there fucking around, and Brody's trying. I'm Freddie Soto's in the audience, and I want him to be impressed with me. And this isn't going well. I have scars on my face. It was right when he got burnt. Right. He got some laser or something, and he got burnt. So, <laughs> Freddie, I don't remember what I said. But all I know is that Painter came up to me and goes, you could very well be the meanest person I ever met in my life. I was like, oh, what about Freddie? Like, because he was roasting him too. Freddie got him good. I remember Freddie's lines. Freddie was, he's like, I can't be an actor because I have burns on my face. Freddie's like, Brody, that's not true. Edward James almost. <laughs> I mean, actor. People. Brody was pissed. And he's like, Freddie, you can't relate. You have good skin. And he goes, no, I can relate because when I drive home on my street, there's potholes. And I hit those potholes saying like the, he had holes in his face like pot. We were, I thought Brody was going to kill himself. And I guess I chimed in on some. I just don't remember what they were. Well, that's why I tell people who like. And I was just the waitress. I mean, it was a free-for-all back then. Like, the people who think roast battle is mean-spirited, mm -hmm. like, you got no one from roast battle would last in that era. Never. Because it, it was, uh, you were tested. And if you, you, you think the comedy store's clicking now, back yeah. then when there was, wasn't when a lot. Ari Shafir would go on and just fuck with my waitresses and say nasty shit, and then I'd have to come in and school him. Mm -mm. Yeah, and uh, when Danish and O'Neill would host Potluck. Oh, that was my favorite. And I mean... <laughs> You know, they'd rip into, you know, Hinchcliffe or, you know, uh, I mean, I used to watch Benji host. <laughs> yeah, if you like comics who are going to bomb, you're going to love this next act. Like totally burying them. <laughs> and then, you know, some young open micers like. Ugh. Oh, they would bring me up. This girl, she only fucks guys that wear fingerless gloves. Like <laughs> brutal. Like you son of a bitch. And then like they would get jealous that Tommy would send me to La Jolla a lot. So they would be like, oh, you could see her in La Jolla every week because the, the talent coordinator wants to fuck her. Like, just, I was like, dude, Tommy's in the fucking don't. <laughs> like, oh, they didn't Tommy care. was <laughs> right there. I'm like, I don't know if he wants to fuck me. I just, I need the money. I mean, it was just, the, and, and Tommy being in charge was like added to the craziness of. David Taylor used to, uh, you see the white trash man that took you, took your money as you walked in. He's the town coordinator. Oh my! I saw Dave. Rip him to shreds, David. You can't do that. Well, I mean, the only thing saving you is your skin color. 
Are you gonna bring that up? Screaming, and he would he would throw the curtains together so angrily because he used to keep the curtains open. Right. Remember? No, he would close. Dave Taylor would rip them to shreds. I'm gonna smoke some weed in the back with Burger. <laughs> Mancy told me I was the best looking guy here. <laughs> But I mean, just having him in charge is like adds oh. to the insanity. Like Tommy was the Eric Anderson and Jody and Adam all rolled up into one. He was the guy. What's weird is it's gotten back to when I started. When I started the talent coordinator, it was hard to get to him. Now, I mean, Adam's accessible, but not. It's brutal. Though, you, like. you, you still. He'll just like the guy that when I got there was Scott Day. Scott Day was there for seven years at that point. Or, or like he was, I think I worked with him for two years. So he was, you know, five years in. And then I worked with him for his last two years. But, you know, he went through the 80s, like the end of the 80s with it and the beginning of the 90s. So he, um, he was kind of coming off the, the Dice Kennison. Yeah, it was hot. But he would have to do things like fucking ban Kennison and ban Dice. And then they'd be like, fucking Scott Day. You know, they take it out on him. And it's That's like, a no, thankless job. Him, it's Mitzi. You know, but now it's like, <laughs> Adam doesn't have, it's Mitzi. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> Poor thing. But he does have, um, yeah, I can't help you. Like, he'll just do that. But I like Which how. Which is what Scott Day would do too. Like, dude, I can't help you. But I like Adam's honesty. Yeah, like, yeah. He'll tell you straight up yeah, what he bro. can or can't do. Uh, you don't, I, my favorite line that Tommy used to say, well, you don't fit into what we're doing here. What are you doing here, And Tommy? I'd be like, do you mean comedy? Because you got to change what you're saying. <laughs> like, if you don't think they're funny, that's fine. But don't say you don't fit into what we're doing here. Oh, is my car okay outside? Oh, yeah. We're, we're, gonna, we're wrapping up. Oh, okay. I'm excited. But uh, yeah, we're good till seven. Um, really? But I mean, I, I can't imagine what Adam goes through. I mean, I know. I can't either. I have, I have no pull. And even when I worked for Mitzi, I really had no pull. She wouldn't listen to me if I said, you have to see this comic. She loved me because I didn't want anything to do with that shit. So it wasn't, you know, I didn't have, she didn't have to, you know, worry about what I was going to ask for. You know what I mean? Oh, I never ask Adam for anything. I know, but comics would go to Mitzi's and bring her her favorite cookies or something. Oh, yeah. Bring her music to try to get her to fucking like them. I'm like, dude, it's not helping. You know, and they'd be like, can you put a word in for me? I'm like, no, because I don't have a word. People used to think that I got, not only did I get them more stage time, but I would also get them no stage time. I'm like, that's not real. I never did any anything like that. To Mitzi or uh, any of the comics. I well, wouldn't do it. I mean, I just think that people don't understand. There's not enough spots as is. That's right. That's right. Like Adam could, and whoever takes the job after him, and uh, you, you could never have another showcase again. Yeah. And Adam's still going to be like, okay, I've got 200 comics worthy of 100 spots. Yep. They're all on TV. Yep. So where do I pepper in the other? I've had people come up to me going, you know, so-and-so's on the lineup and I'm funnier than them. I'm like, no, no, you're not. And that person's getting a one o'clock spot, 1 a.m. spot. You're not beating out the 1 a.m.er. 
Right. So, and he goes, you know, I, I went in and I know Ian Edwards and I think I should go on earlier. I'm like, dude, you're out of your fucking mind. And he's a sometimer comic. Oh, I mean, it goes back to delusion. Like A sometimer deserves a samurai right across the throat. Well, if you look at the lineups, it's like, tonight I'm going on at 12.15. Would I like to go on at 11.15? Sure. Who wouldn't? But I look at the lineup, it's, I don't know who it is tonight particularly, but it's probably Ian Edwards, Rogan, sure. Diaz, Chris Porter, Theo Vaughn. Who well, should I bump? Friday, a lot of people are out of town. Like, it's the weekend. But it's still, it's like... still killer. Like, wow. Yeah, I should be going on at about 12.15. Yeah, let, let, let us put you in between Sebastian and... But Mitzi would do shit like that. Like, with Sebastian, she would um, put... Like, he wasn't that great when he... He was terrible, actually, when he first sh- showcased. And then she put him... Um, she would put him, like, prime spots. And people would get pissed. Like, this guy sucks. Why is he getting... Sp-? And I'm like, this guy sucks. Like, this is her thing. It's her club. She's... She, but she knew what she was doing. She was developing him, putting him behind comics he could barely follow. Which I think is the he best. He could barely open, let alone barely follow. But that's in a way what Adam's doing now with like the door guys and girls. Certainly. Uh, making them do the cold open, which admittedly is oh, a it's tough spot. The worst. Because you're going up when people are not getting their drinks, they're giving their drink orders. So no one's really listening to the. Yeah. You, you know. But that's going to make them a better comic. They, they're taking bullets. And on bullets, right? Making there. some of the late night comics follow strong comics. It's, you know, I'm mm-hmm. a better comic when I follow you because you kill. Oh, I love that. Thank but you. I mean, I'm being like completely it's the serious. Same, same. Yeah. Like, you follow somebody that's good. I follow you a lot. But when you've like, like, it's like, wow, I got to be on my toes tonight. <sighs> No, because you're killing, uh, and you. But that's what I'm saying. It's still people that are murdering. Not all the time, but most of the time, he keeps it a steady flow all the way to the end. Oh yeah, I mean it's the perfect. uh, But you know know what I mean? Like people are like, I deserve that spot, and I'm like, dude, that person's annihilating. When those people are tired and fucking, you know. Hit, hit, looking at their phone to see how much their Uber is going to cost. You know? Yeah, I mean, or, so, and you got to keep their attention and keep them there. And then the people who park next door at the Katana lot, yeah, that closes at two, <laughs> so they're like, okay, it's one thirty-five. I'll give Eleanor or, or, or who I'll Whomever. give Jamar, yeah. uh, you know, Jack Knight, you know, uh, oh, Jack Knight's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Jessica Michelle. Uh, yep. Okay, they got five minutes. If, yeah. if she's Annie not killing, Letterman, we're all in the fucking back end. Yeah, and oh, I got to move my car too. Uh, <laughs> so, well, Eleanor, Earl, I've got so much hair on my legs from your dog. Oh, it's uh, not from my dog. Like, oh, this is your pubic hair. That's I mean, great. this couch. Now I have what to jerk off to. Has seen more ass than Jeff Scott in the mid eighties. I bet you could get some good ass in here. I mean, I do all right. It's a nice place. I mean, I only date comics, which. What? What's all I'm around? Dude, it's all I'm around too. I haven't dated a comic in a long time. I mean, my last three girl serious girlfriends have been comics, but uh, you know, it's like I'm not. I, you know, I'm just not around lawyers or doctors. Like, oh, you would date lawyers or doctors? I would. I, I'm a vibe person, so uh, I, I would date anyone if I clicked with them. Same. You know, like uh, if you look at my last three girlfriends, they all three are so visually different from each other. 
It just clicked with him for different reasons. Yeah. You're like, what's his type? Like, oh. I don't have a type. Everyone thinks I have like huge tits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know Don always kids me about, hey, you see that comic in the back? If this chair had tits, he would fuck it. <laughs> um, but but okay. I've dated girls who were slender and, and you know, it just, uh, you know. Yeah, you, whatever you click with, I get it. So, uh, you know, what's next? What you're, you're saying is I have a shot. Oh, this is great. It's possible. <laughs> but you're like a sister to me. I know. Like you're hot to me. But it's just gross. Like it's too close. But there's you know no. What I mean? Like there's no. Don't you think though? There's so many people that like people are like, oh, you go on the road and you can be with guys and comics and the, don't, you know, sharing a room. And I'm like, yeah, but they're like not real yeah but you're so uh highly regarded in the comedy world with comics like you're a, and i think i'm in the same boat we're comics comics like yeah uh, which is sometimes good and sometimes bad because that mm -hmm. means the industry's not i was just gonna say we're not industry comics. right yeah i mean like delia is an industry comic uh you and i are like uh, well i mean he's pretty did you know that he told santino he should grow his hair out like chris delia and this was the guy in charge. But he's also the guy. Can you imagine Santino with his long red hair? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, he told me once, you got to move around more. I'm like, what What am I? I'm, I'm not Dane Cook. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm like Stephen Wright. Like, I, I'm stationary for the most part. <laughs> well, the mic's in the way. I'm like, yeah, if the mic's in the way. I hate him. I'm like, if the, well, you know, I mean, I love him, but I hate him. Meaning I hate him. Like the kids say, I hate you. Cause that's funny. I wanted to like him. Like, I never had a problem with him. And I hired I, the fucking guy. And I don't hate on the people who didn't have a problem with him. Like, you know, he liked Willie Hunter. Great. Like, you know, he, uh, you know, when it's easy. Uh, he just fucked with you. That's all. I, I thought it was unnecessary. It is unnecessary. Like if you don't like my comedy or whatever, just mm -hmm. tell me. Um, I'm just standing because my legs are getting stiff. No, I love it. Well, like that. And going back to what I like about Adam is, you know, when he took over, I think everyone was telling Adam, Hey, you got to pass Earl. He's the guy. He's, he's yes. been up here the longest. He's yes. been fucked over by, uh, and Adam just came up to me and he was like, dude, I know everyone loves you. I'm going to showcase you, but if you don't do well, I can't pass you. It yeah. was just, which I wouldn't have wanted to be passed because I had, you know. You don't want to be an honorary passy because we have a lot of those. Lately. Right. Like, you know, the comedy star accountant, uh, you know, a, a, a certain. He showcased for Mitzi. <laughs> he had a good set. Well, anyone's capable of having a good uh, one time set. set. And that's the thing. That's the problem. She passed a lot of people, but then she stopped giving them spots because she realized what it was. So. Well, I mean, I, I just wish Tommy would have been like, hey, dude, there's just too many people up here. Yeah, if he would have just been a little honest where I think Adam is, and people get mad at Adam for being honest, but too fucking bad. Oh, I've seen Adam uh, essentially uh, say along these lines, what you do isn't for me. <laughs> there's probably, but that, you know, I would have rather have had Tommy uh, say that. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, so where can, uh, now next week you're at the Laugh Factory in yes, Vegas. Laugh Factory in Vegas. And um, oh, look at this mirror. With the uh, great Mike Faberman. With Mike Faberman. And there's one other comic. We'll be telling pig stories. Hello. Uh, I don't know. There's somebody hosting Like a this. local host. I right. think so. Uh, but anyway, the first, second, third, I'm headlining 
in Vegas. So it's very exciting. And I get to like work with Mike Faberman, which is amazing. But also October 10th and 11th at the Belasco Theater, Wow Women of Wrestling, I will be doing the announcing. Come down, guys. See some girls wrestle. Where is They're that? They're phenomenal. Downtown. Belasco Theater. Can I hackle? You can come. I'll get you tickets. You know, you sit next, right next to Mrs. Stallone. Uh, Jackie? Hello. Yep. Jackie oh, will be there. Really? Jeannie Buss is part of it. Killer. Yeah, we got... Maybe I can get Frank Stallone on the podcast. Oh, I'm friends with Frank. You want me to get you Frank? It, but I'm just... I'm friends fa- with Frank, but, but, but he's hilarious. I'm like. fascinated by him, how you could be related to probably legit the biggest star of our time. Well, I mean, don't his, discredit Frank. He's got an Oscar. What, for his it's acting music. and uh, no, staying music, alive? Staying alive. That's his music. He's fucking brilliant. Though. Oh, no, but He's I just... He's just a mental case. That's crazy, though, that yeah. your brother's films have made literally over... Do you know maybe that, billions. I get it. Yeah, he's definitely... I mean, that's my brother. I mean, that's my hu- pseudo-husband, Stallone. Oh, I'm a fan. Okay, Sly. Yeah, nobody can talk shit about Sly. I, I, oh, I love Sly. I sometimes fight with Rick Ingram because he says Rocky stinks. And, well, that's crazy. And I, might, I may or not beat him up one day, but we'll see what happens. But uh, I might get Frank to come on the podcast just to piss Damn it. Well, off. I would, no, your podcast. Oh, I would love... Just to piss off Rick. I, because we only do comedy store regulars and stuff. But I'm sure he'll do Dice Cast because him and Dice are very good friends. And when I was dating Dice, I'd be like, who's singing? And he's like, this is Frank Stallone. He has like thousands of discs out there. Oh, yeah. He's like... His music is really good. He's Take good. Me Back was like yeah. a big song. And do, 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 do. <laughs> listen, don't Take get me, me wet. Don't get me wet. Not on this couch. I mean... Hi-o. Listen, uh, this couch, I'm going to sell it when I move. It's going to go on eBay. And if you put a blue Adam? light oh. to this couch, it's going to light up like the Vegas Strip. <laughs> well, Earl, you're not in my pussy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Where can people find you on Twitter and Instagram? It's uh, EJ Kerrigan or Eleanor Kerrigan. I don't know what it is. I'm, I grew up in a typewriter store, but I think it's EJ Kerrigan. I think it's EJ Kerrigan. That's E-J-K-E-R-R-I-G-A. And Eleanor is literally one of my favorite people on the planet. She's funny. Become fan. Well, I mean, you're just real. Like, you gotta be Earl. Life sucks. But I mean, you don't have to be a phony Palmer. Palmer. Do you like that? Feng Chao adopted your. Yeah, Feng Chao's the real deal. His name is. He's part. You know, there's a new cover booth girl. Oh no! Keep uh, going. Young girl, I like. I just was I gotta look- get the white pink pussy. Oh I, boy! I was looking at this girl, just gone. Just keep your head down here and just. Is it Feng Chao? Is that how you say it? Feng. Like, I thought fungus? it was Feng Chao. No, you might be right. He just looks like something my dad missed a shot at a couple of years ago. Oh, watch out! Yeah, he. Was, I think uh, he died in the first Rambo movie. <laughs> Nothing is over. Inappropriate Earl, SoundCloud and iTunes, but also listen to the Comedy Store podcast Thank with you. Eleanor and Rick Ingram, where they and it's kind of cool. They only interview uh, paid regulars at the Comedy Store, which or is employees. A, we go out of the realm. Yeah, Comedy Store uh, associates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where can people find that? iTunes and all that. Anywhere. Yeah, it's all things Comedy Network, and it's uh, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, all that shit. I don't mm-hmm. know. Ain't it all the same? Uh, who knows? I'm but Comedy Store podcasting. It comes up. I'm not on a network. I'm rogue. Which is great. You're smart. 
Well, not really. I will say if I was on a network, I would go to All Things Comedy. They're great. They're nice people. Al Madrigal, Burr. I mean, they are like, they keep it real. Yeah. Uh, So inappropriate all SoundCloud and iTunes. Follow Eleanor Kerrigan. Uh, We got Tom Green coming on next week. Excellent. Uh, Freddie Got Fingered and Ace Von Johnson, the new guy. I think he's an L.A. Guns and Faster Pussycat. He's not fucking around. He knows what time it is. Dice Clay's first, uh, second best friend, Tom Green. Oh, so yeah, maybe one up. day. Bring it up. I, d- I know it's probably doubtful. You're but getting closer. I would be humbled and honored to have Dice on just to talk about making the grade <sighs> and crime story and the great movie with Johnny Depp. Yes, uh, one of pri- my favorites. Private, Private Resort, Resort. Where he was the horny uh, vacationer. Yeah. Uh, uh, and don't forget to check him out in A Star is Born October 5th playing Lady Gaga's father. Excellent. Uh, I mean, he doesn't get the credit for being an actor. No, and uh, he's got third billing in this film. So now I'm I, I'm I'm going to watch it because of Dice, but I just as a kid, seen those billboards with Chris Christopherson oh, yeah. and Barbara Streisand. But uh, please watch, and I like Lady Gaga. She's great. She's great in this, and she pays homage. Mm-hmm. Like she knew totally respectful, extreme respectful. The uh, the saxophone player from Springsteen's band, Clarence Clemens, he was dying. And she put him in her big hit. What was her first big hit? Uh, uh, on the poker, edge of a broken heart. Poker or, face on the edge. On, on the edge. Uh, edge of glory. That's it. That's it. She put him in the video. And I thought, wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, and she had Brian May in a video. So, Yeah, now I hear it. And she's kind of hot in a weird way. She's beautiful. Forget the money. Like, okay, she's got tons of money. But like, I like those uh, odd bird types. She is an odd bird. So Lady Gaga, if you want to go... Out with a 50-year-old unknown comic. Earl's here. Just remember, Lady Gaga, unlike Space Mountain, oldest ride in the park with the longest line. Jesus. 